Welcome to the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, author of Sales EQ and Fanatical Prospecting, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Referrals are powerful. They make it easier to open doors, they're better quality leads, and frankly, they shorten the sales cycle because they're much easier to close. And sadly, most salespeople just don't ask for them. In this episode, we'll discuss how to get more referrals into your sales pipeline with my good friend, Joanne Black. Before we get started, though, I want to ask you a simple question. This year, are you thinking about moving to a new company or are you actively looking for a new role? If so, I want you to go check out my friends at Paycom. Paycom is an awesome company, and there's a reason why SalesPower calls them one of the top companies to work for if you're in sales. They have great leaders, they invest in you, they have amazing training, and their benefits and pay package is unmatched in their industry. Plus, they have a product that everybody needs and wants and is easy to sell. So if you are looking for a job or even thinking about looking for a new sales job, go check out Paycom. Just go to paycom.salesgravy.com. That's paycom.salesgravy.com to check out all the career opportunities. Now, here's my discussion about referrals with my good friend, Joanne Black. Welcome to another episode of Sales Masters. With me today is one of my favorite people, Joanne Black. She is the author of No More Cold Calling and Pick Up the Damn Phone. Sounds like a schizophrenic group of books there. Joanne, how are you doing today? I'm always great, Tab. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your books and your background before we get started talking about your favorite subject, referrals. My background is all in sales and sales management. I'm not going to tell you how many years because it would freak you out. But I knew that referrals were always my best business. And I started my company in 1996. And I asked people, do you like to get referrals? And they gave me this huge long list like, oh, we're pre-sold and we have credibility and they trust us and we don't have competition. And it just shortens our sales process. And we convert prospects to clients, well, well more than 50% of the time. So I thought, well, you know, that's really great. But then I asked the important question, do you have a systematic process for referrals? Do you have a strategy and skills and an implementation plan and coaching and reinforcement? And Jeb, you can guess the answer to that question. In 1996, it was no. And today it is still no. So I had to figure out if on the one hand, referrals are so great, why aren't we doing them? Why isn't it the way we work all the time? And hence, my company was developed to close that gap and make referrals the way we work every day. You know, I've, I've read uh, at least 15 books, maybe more on referrals. And I've, I've dialed it into basically two things to get referrals. Thing number one is do a great job. And thing number two is ask. And you just added another component to that, which is you have to have a systematic process to go out and get referrals. So let's, let's back up real quickly what you just said. You said that if you get referrals, the, the sales cycle is shorter and everybody wants a shorter sales cycle. So we're all right. trying to increase the velocity in our pipeline. So referral, much, much faster sales cycle because someone else has done some of the work for you in the process. 
The other thing is you said is that there's a much higher probability that a referral will actually convert into a paying customer. So a lot of benefits in getting referrals. um, And you said salespeople don't have systems. And I say salespeople don't ask. And I know that's be true because I train salespeople every day. And in rooms of people, I say, raise your hand if last week you asked for a referral and most of the hands don't go up. So let's, let's start there. I think that most people deliver a good service. I, I don't think that we've got too big of a problem with salespeople, especially professional salespeople, doing a poor job. Uh, I, I think on the other hand, I think salespeople probably over-service their clients. So yeah. let's, let's step into the second issue, and that is to ask. Yeah. Uh, salespeople don't ask. And I'm not talking about just salespeople, professionals, architects, lawyers, doctors, real estate agents, insurance agents, people who are business owners. They just don't ask. And I'm curious, all the research you've done, all your years of experience, how come? Well, yes, there's a lot of reasons. And a big part of it is that referral selling is actually a skill. People don't know how to ask. And so that is a skill that, you know, many sales leaders have said to me, well, Joanne, I go tell my people to ask for referrals. And of course, my snide comment is, well, how's that working for you? Because it's not. It is a skill that has to be developed, coached, and reinforced. But here's also the big piece that gets in the way, and that's us. Why? Because referral selling is so personal. I mean, Jeb, you, you touched on that, that we put our reputations on the line when we ask for a referral. And years ago, when I was working with sales teams and building skills and they said, Joanne, all of this is great, but I'm just not comfortable asking. So I stopped then. I said, well, why aren't you comfortable? What's going on? And they said, well, you know, it feels pushy. It feels arrogant. I'm not that kind of person. They said, well, I'm asking a busy person to do more. I'm asking for help. You know, that's just not cool in our society. They said something else that I thought was intriguing, that if I have to ask, it must mean I'm not really successful. I mean, because really, after all, if I were just totally just nailing it, I wouldn't have to ask. This business would be pouring in. But here's the biggest reason. It's the fear of no. So, Jeb, what if I ask you for a referral and I want to define a referral. It means you receive an introduction. You know, just get a name that I'm going to ask you, Jeb, to introduce me. So therefore, you're putting your reputation on the line as well when you make that introduction. So I fear that, you know, we know each other, et cetera, but what if you say no? And I've learned it doesn't matter whether if you're new to sales, if you're a sales veteran, because I've worked with 25, 30-year sales veterans who've told me the same thing. It doesn't matter uh, if you're 25 or 95. It doesn't matter our culture. This is a human factor. So the way we get over that fear is by building skills and by practice. Because when people practice, when they've learned how to ask, they come back and they say, it worked. You know, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was. And then I say to them, well, think about a time when somebody you asked, somebody you knew well, asked you to help them out. Did you do it? 
course. We all do it, but we don't think the reverse that somebody would help us. I've asked for referrals my whole life. Almost no one says no. They don't say outright no, but they usually say, and if you've got a great relationship with a client and they don't want to give you a referral, and sometimes they don't want to, or sometimes you put them on the spot, but most of the time they go, well, let me think about it, or let me see if I can find somebody, and they get off the hook by basically giving you a brush off, and you let them off the hook, so the probability that you're going to get a no in that situation is very, very low. It is, because you're not asking in the right way, so if I ask you, Jeb, Jeb, I would love an introduction. Then you're going to say, uh, well, I don't know how to, who, who do you want to be introduced to? And, you know, so today we have a great um, social media that really helps us see how people connected. Uh, and it's also not so great because just because we're connected on social media, we have no clue how we know the person. We don't, I wouldn't know if you knew some, you know, Sue you're connected with and I might want to meet Sue. I don't know if you know her or if you just met her briefly at a conference. So it really depends. So we have to have the conversation and we have to be really specific about who we're looking for. So as an example, if I said to you, Jeb, you know, my clients are sales leaders and, you know, it could be any place in the world. It could be any industry. It really doesn't matter. It could be any size company. I mean, you don't know where to start, do you? No, I mean, that's like, it's too big. We need to help the person we're asking for a referral to think of someone. And in order to, for you to think of someone, if you're going to introduce me, I need to be very specific, not only who I'm looking for, but what's the business reason you're going to introduce me? Because that's why someone will take the meeting. Oh, not because I'm a nice person, not because I've had my company for X number of years. You're going to introduce me because referral selling solves a specific problem that's why you're going to make the introduction for me and this i go back to when i was in you know carrying a briefcase on the street i mean i was in business to business sales it was a high activity industry so you know cold calling was not a not 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 an option you had to do it there was no way you could keep your pipe full and you couldn't referral yourself into enough deals in order to make your number but one of the things that i used the strategy that i used then was when I was with a client and a lot of my clients were, you know, they were, they were, these were business services companies or manufacturers or what have you is when I was walking through their, their organization, looking at their business, putting together an assessment before we would go into a proposal, I'd find their vendors. I mean, the people that they were doing business with, and I made a lot of money asking my clients and sometimes just my prospects Hey, those people right there that are doing, you're doing business. Where are they? Who should I talk to over there? Yeah. Who's the right person? And, 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 and I would, and if that would, if they were my client, I would get a direct referral. Can you call them for me? Or would you make an introduction? And if they weren't my client, I would walk over there and say, hey, I'm working with these folks over there. You yeah. guys service them. But even today, one of the, one of the pieces of advice and things we teach in our fanatical prospecting boot camps is for salespeople to go in and identify all the vendors that a, a one of their clients is using and then go to that client and ask them, could you introduce me to your vendor? It's really low impact. It's easy to do. The vendors aren't their friends. They aren't their family. They aren't, it, it's not hard for them to do that. And they're happy to do it for you. And it works. And I can't tell you the millions of dollars of businesses that I've closed just by reaching out through a vendor base. 
And what people forget is they think, so they, they need to look at the whole supply chain, your client, and then you have the, the suppliers, the vendors to the client, and then you have your, your client's customers. So all of those are potential referral sources, as well as people we know. But when you said, you know, nobody raises their hand when, who have you asked this week? When I ask my clients, how many of your clients, all of your clients, have you asked for referrals? Have you asked every single one? Not one hand goes up. And it's everybody with whom they've encountered during the sales process and the buying process. It's not just the buyer. Because what happens is like you forget people. Like you say, people forget the vendors. You forget that there's all these people who know people. And you don't know who people know until you ask. And what happens is when we have quite complex solutions, we make assumptions. Oh, you know, that person wouldn't know anybody. Well, we don't know who their next door neighbor is. We don't know who their brother-in-law is. We don't know who their running partner is. Uh, Story after story, I've been told about people who asked and just were amazed at the connection and at the referral they received. I give you a great example. I was visiting one of my clients and I had a meeting with their CEO and the meeting was an impromptu meeting. We just started having a conversation about some of the other stuff that my company does. And I could see that, you know, he was, he wasn't really that interested. And he looked across the table and says, you know, that's really just, you know, below my pay grade. And I said, well, whose pay grade is it? And he goes, well, you know, and he gave me the name of the person and he said, go talk to them. And I said, great. Can I get their information? He goes, yeah. So he, he gives me information. I said, would you mind giving them a call for me? And I just shut up and I waited for a second. And he went, sure. And he picked up his cell phone and he called them up and said, this guy named Jeb Blunt's going to be coming to talk to you. I want you to give him some time. I picked up the phone, called them, went as after his office, set an appointment, sold some more business. You have to ask. Now, you, you're right about the, this concept of, of how people feel like they're being pushy or, or, or they're afraid of rejection. And, and I, I think we need to call it like it is. That this feeling of rejection, this reason that you, um, that you feel so uncomfortable asking, it's a real feeling. It is yeah. biological. If we just go back to go 10,000 years ago when we were all living in caves, if you got kicked out of the cave, it was a death sentence. You wouldn't make it. So we evolved this early warning system called a fear of rejection to let us know when we were, had the potential of being kicked out of a group. It serves us very well because it teaches us how to act and teaches us how to act around people in public, what to do, how to be careful with, you know, with, with the things that we say and do. So on one side, like every other emotion, it can be a great asset, but it can also be your greatest enemy. And when you're about to ask these, these feelings that you have, mm-hmm. fight or flight mechanism that's kicking on and the way your body treats rejection, by the way, a lot of people don't realize that the body treats rejection exactly the same way that it treats a cut or a wound. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the only emotion that the body sends natural opioids into the brain to, to make you feel less pain. So I always begin there. Just This is the truth. It does feel pushy. The mm-hmm. good news is this. Most people aren't going to tell you no. In fact, I've never in my 30 years of being in sales ever had anybody ever tell me no when I asked for a rejection. I've had maybe. I've had let me think about it. I've had talk to me in a week, but I've never had no. I have never been rejected and neither will you. 
So one of the things I think you have to begin to understand, and I live my world by probability, is that the probability they're going to say no is is really low. Now, the probability they say yes is predicated on how you ask. It's on what you give them. So if you walk in and say, can you connect me to these three businesses or these four businesses? I got four of that three. If you can't me, you have a better shot. Do you know this person? Do you know that person? Can you make a phone call for me? Can you do this? Can you do that? That works. The other thing is, and I don't know about this, Joanna, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about this, but what I see in salespeople is they don't follow up. So the person <laughs> says, maybe let me think about it. Let me do this. And the salesperson never calls back, never sends an email, never checks in and says, hey, did you get in touch with Susie? Right. So here's the, here's the thing that some people get busy. Um, I want to back up to what you said about uh, some people will say, well, I can't think of anybody right now or, uh, you know, some excuse like that. When they say that I take it upon myself that maybe I haven't been clear enough about the person I want to meet and the business reason. And that's important because when I talk to people, the only reason they're going to introduce me is because they know the sales leader has two main challenges, which most of them do, and more than this, but that their salespeople aren't getting meetings at the right level and that they don't have enough qualified leads in their pipeline. They'll also complain their sales process is too long. They're losing to the competition. But those are the complaints. Now, if referral selling didn't solve those challenges, there'd be no reason for an introduction. So for any of us, whatever we're selling, we need to communicate the business reason for the introduction. Because you're not going to say, hey, talk to Joanne. She's a nice person. I know you have a good conversation. Nobody has time for that today. But if you focus on the challenges and how referral selling can help, that's a different story. So if, if we're not really specific about the business reason, if we're not really specific about the person we want to meet, and we've checked that out beforehand, then we're not go- then we're going to get, oh, you know, I can't think of anybody right now, and uh, let me get back to you. And that's, in a way, a no. Uh, and maybe they do need to think about it, and you're absolutely correct about the follow-up. But here's the other thing. We need to guide them on the best way to make the referral. We need to make it easy for them to refer us. Now, the way we do that is first, I need to have a conversation with you. If you've offered to make a referral, I'm not just typing away and say, hey, Jeb, would you introduce me to so-and-so? Because I don't know if you know so-and-so. It's my opportunity to reconnect with you, to find out what's going on with you to find out if you know the person. And if you do, that's my chance to get all this intel, right? Because I'm not going to find out a lot of things just by social media. I'm going to find out a lot more about the person because you know them. And then I'm going to say, well, how can I help you? So I have given you the tools to make the introduction. Now, you, most people today make it by email. And so when that happens... I will say, would you like me to send you something? Some people say no. Some people say, no, I know, I know you well enough. But when they ask me to send, Jeb, it's two sentences and maybe three bullets. Done. That It's not attachments. It's not a whole long email like that. But it's giving you, you can bookend it with an intro and a close. You're going to copy me on the email. And then when I get it, because now I know about the person, 
the response is simple. Let's pretend you introduce me to Sue. Say, hi, Sue. First, thanks to Jeb for this wonderful introduction. And then I might say something else. And let, then I'll say, let's schedule time to talk. And I'll list three dates and times in their time zone and ask them to reply. And boom, we scheduled a meeting. That's how it works. What's the system for getting more referrals? Like, how do we do that? How do we put together a process and a methodology and a cadence that puts more referrals into our pipeline? It has to start out with strategy, like anything worth doing, right? That the sales leader, basically, I say I have to put a stake in the ground and say referrals are going to become our number one outbound prospecting strategy. Everything else the company's doing stays the same, but now we're focusing on referrals. We're going to choose the people who want to participate in a referral program, and the choice is, is dependent on them agreeing to be accountable for certain results. We'll create metrics around referrals and get that all set up so people know the reason. And then the second piece is a skills. So once salespeople have built skills and practice, then it's the reinforcement and coaching and the metrics. That's how we systematize it. And, and specifically with activity metrics, you know, the, the re revenue is a lagging indicator and, you know, I've seen this and I've been in a situation when I work for companies, when people say, well, here's your goal, go figure it out. Well, you know, that doesn't work. I want to drag you back into the real world. Okay. So, cause in the real world, it's not going to be possible for most companies to say our number one source of outbound prospecting is going to be referrals. If we did that at sales gravy, I'd have to close my doors. There's just no way possible that I'm able to feed all the families I have to feed with referrals. Now we, we have a, a referral process that we use and we're, I mean, we are dead on it. Like for example, one of the things that we use, if we do a discount, we say, we'll do a discount, but we have to get five referrals from you. And we, and it works. Like we get people to do that. So let's just, let's just talk about the, in, 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 in particular, my audience, I've got sales managers, sales leaders, um, big companies, small companies, medium sized companies who um, they've got sales teams, they got numbers to hit. And if, if they all of a sudden say referrals are going to be our, you know, our largest source of outbound prospecting, they're probably going to lose their job because there's no way possible they can feed the pipe with that. So what's the system that a, that a leader can put into place with a balanced prospecting methodology? So they're using the phone, they're using um, inbound marketing, they're using uh, you know, outbound cold calling. In some cases, they're calling existing customers to do upsells. They've got a social media presence. They're doing both mass and individual emails. They're using text messaging in some cases. These days when we're, we're balanced across so many things, how do we plug in referrals with, with a large sales force and create a system so that we're consistently getting a steady flow of referrals in that for every reason that you said, 50% higher close rate, going to move faster in the process. And how do I manage that in a way that I don't take the focus off the other things that I have to do? Well, I'm going to push back on that, Jeb. Um, I said it's number one outbound. You're still going to do all these other things you mentioned. I mean, I'm not going to eradicate cold calling from the face of the earth, although I'd like to. Uh, some people are successful well, at it if they are. We're not talking about cold calling. We're talking about outbound prospecting. That's different, right? So cold calling in the traditional sense, picking up in a list and cold calling, that's one thing. But we're, we're in modern sales organizations, they're, they're not just cold calling. They're, they're prospecting across a bunch of different channels. 
And what I'm trying to get to, because I think what you have to say is really important, is the need of this. I'm a sales manager and I'm listening to this. How do I put a system in place that generates a steady stream of, of referrals without the hyperbole of either of us saying, hey, this is the only way, this is the best way, what have you. I, I'm just a sales manager. I know this. I get this. Like, how do I do it? Because my salespeople aren't asking. We talk about it in sales meetings. We say, go, you'll go get referrals. How many referrals? We do this all day long. But how do I actualize this in the real world with real salespeople? So let's say you're the sales leader. And I'm going to say, here's what you need to do to make referrals the way people work and get those meetings and, and all the, everything that comes from it. So the first is that uh, we're going to have a strategy. You're going to choose people who are going to be in the program because they will be accountable. We're going to set up metrics and you're going to manage to the referral metrics. That's one. So the, the metrics are um, activity metrics we'll talk about are who are you going to, how many people are you going to ask okay. this week? And as a sales manager, you're going to take names okay. <laughs> because I do as well. You know, when I'm, I'm working with them one-on-one, -on -one, I'm taking names. So who are you, because if you don't ask, you don't get, it's that simple. So, okay. So we're going to start, start with how many ask a week are you going to make or how many ask a day are you going to make of referrals? We start there. Yeah, setting up what are what are what's the activity expectation? Would you suggest that if someone's going to put a referral process in place that they begin with like a big number or with an an easy number for people to bite into? It depends on their goals. So um, you know when people say, "Well, what should be the number of asks per week?" and I say, "Well, the minimum's one." I mean, you can't get to the end of the month and say, "Oh goodness, I forgot to ask." So it, it, it can be, it can be varied by, by salesperson, by tenure. But as an example, some people think that um, when salespeople are new, well, you know, we don't have enough people to ask. I'm working with a client now and the two new people on the team are the ones who have been the most, um, most active in asking. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter. So it's, uh, it's stepping back. So you're managing the team. I want you to take a look at, say you have a tenured sales force, take a look at all the clients by name that people have, and you're going to start by organizing them by the people they have the best relationships at the top. You always go where the relationship is. And so say, pick a number, say that they have 20 people they've interacted with in the past quarter, as an example. And then we we build the skills so that they know how to ask, right? So now they're going to go back and, and obviously we'd be working on how are they going to reach out to those people, but they're going to back and we have the plan and they're going to be asking every one of those people for a referral introduction, the way they've learned. So it starts with you decide as a leader what your metrics are going to be. So how many asks are you going to have a day or a week? And I think it's Correct. reasonable that, that you could get at least one ask a day. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. I mean, and I think if, if what you said, if we're looking at our account base, so we've got, you know, people who have relationships with current clients and, uh, and they're, you know, they're calling current clients, it's probably more than that. I mean, you're, if, if you got five referrals a day, that would be pretty good, but let's just say that. Um, and there are some places where every time you close a deal, you ask for referrals. There's a referral sheet, kind of cheesy, you know, 1970s kind of stuff, but you do that. But you said something really important, because I, 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 I don't want to lose this. I want to break this down into pieces. you got to train them first what to do, what to say, how to act. 
ask. And that is going to be somewhat industry specific. I mean, there's going to be some things that you're doing and there's going to be different groups of people you're asking. So for example, I said vendors, the way I ask for a vendor is different than I might ask for a referral to say a peer, if I'm a lawyer and I'm asking for you know, a referral there. But this is where I think the magic is. And I think you nailed this, but I don't want to lose this. Then you got to build the list. Like you got to build the list. Like And the list, you said the list has got to be ordered in some meaningful way. So you're working from the top and working from the bottom. And let me, I'm looking in the camera right now, the sales leaders out here. If you think that your salespeople are going to build the list themselves, you are smoking crack. You got to go build the list. So you got to teach them. You got to set metrics and then you got to build a list that they can work off of. Did I get this? Am I, am I right? That's three things, right? Teach them metrics list. What else? Here's the organization of a list. That's important. Jeb. A lot of people say, well, who in my clients would know the most people? No, you build the list by the strength of your relationship because Bingo. that's how you're going to get the introduction. Yeah. So the other metric is, so we've asked, we built our list. And uh, now the other metric is how many referrals did we receive? Okay. We have to track that. Oh, Easy to track into a CRM, right? Okay. And then next metric is how many referral meetings did we schedule? And I put schedule in between actually having the meeting because sometimes it could be a month, it could be two weeks, it, you know, all, all kinds of things happen. And that's important because the, the sense of success has to be frequent, right? Right. So then, so then it's how many do we schedule, then how many meetings do we conduct, yes. and then we can go right into the CRM after that. So run the complete conversion funnel all the way through. That's right. That's right. Which allows you to, and this is the beautiful thing about what, uh, what Joanne's teaching us, is that we, we know that the referrals are hard for people to ask for, for all the reasons, all the human emotions that are involved. But here's what's beautiful. When you, when you stick with a plan like this over time, like over a long period of time, what happens is you start seeing those outcomes and you start seeing how quickly and how easy it is to close a referral business. And as the leader, you get to bring this back and, and, and put this in front of your salespeople that helps them get over the hump of getting more referrals. It almost becomes a self-fulfilling loop so that they see, wow, this is better. And then they get their, we'll call them referral goggles, right? They put their referral goggles on where they're looking everywhere for opportunities. But you as a leader are in the middle of this, driving this process because we just know the truth, right? If you're not involved, it just doesn't happen. It needs to start there. I mean, everything needs to start with a leader. The leader needs to be asking. I mean, the CEO has connections and we have all kinds of incredible tools today to figure out the strength of the connections and where those are. That's absolutely essential. And it's then the responsibility of the sales leader to reinforce and coach those behaviors because the minute the high beams are off referrals and they go onto something else and you know what happens. Well, you know, that's not important. Nobody's, you know, not happening anymore. So we'll just go back to the way we were working. With everything, it's blocking time in your day for referrals. And, you know, I, I think about one of the big software clients that I worked with in, in the enterprise world, we, we built something similar because there was only so many prospects in that particular world. It's not like a lot of my mid to short cycle business services clients, you know, they have 10,000 prospects. I mean, I had one that they had 3 million prospects because of the, 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 the <laughs> prospect base. And these guys got a hundred and those, those hundred are all C-level people. 
So the only way to like really weave your way through that and get in at the right time with the, at the right buying window with a $20 million enterprise software sale is through the relationships that are all connect to each other. And if we, we went into their, like in their offices, we'd have a picture of a human being and lines and other pictures to all these other human beings. And the strategy was how do we get to these people? How do we connect to those folks? Everything wasn't referral. Some of them were trade shows. You know, some of it was, you know, we're just going to call and try to talk to them. But, but at least half of the, of the pathways were through referrals. And sometimes it was two or three referrals in order to get there. And I'm not talking about LinkedIn stuff, right? I'm just talking about the strategy and the art of connecting all of those dots. But it was amazing how fast you could run downhill once you got those relationships working for you. The relationship is different when you've received that introduction. There's, there's no doubt. And, and, and one of the reasons why the relationship is so different is that human beings live in something called a familiarity bubble. We believe and trust things that are in people that are inside our familiarity bubble, and we don't trust people that are outside our familiarity bubble. There's lots of ways you can build familiarity. I mean, I can call you and leave you 100 voicemails. That builds that. I can buy a lot of advertising. You know, I can like your stuff and share your stuff on social media. I can meet you at a trade show or at a networking event. But the easiest, fastest way to move into someone's in-group, into their familiarity bubble, is when you use the familiarity that they have for someone else. Don't kid yourself. I mean, this is a relationship business. The relationship and the emotional experience that the buyer has with the seller is the greatest predictor of sales outcomes. And that's where referrals really work is that they allow you to use someone else's, we'll call it juice, right? With, yeah. with another person to get in. And once you're in the in group, right? Then you take advantage of something called the similarity bias, which is you're similar to them, and similar can be, hey, I know Bob. If you, if you got that, the probability they're going to do business with you goes up exponentially. Last question. If you were advising an executive on building a culture that embraces referrals and has, has the systems in place and all of the pieces and parts in place, how do you advise this, this executive, the CEO, to build a culture of referrals so it goes beyond just the sales force? It's mm -hmm. everybody in the company who's responsible for reaching out and getting referrals. A lot of it's through their messaging, but we have to start someplace. I mean, you and I know we start with a group and they're successful and then everybody else starts looking at what's going on here. So the message is communicated. In fact, when you mentioned everybody else, there was a client I had at a bank. It was a commercial bank. And so it was not a retail space, ground floor. They were up someplace high up. And he, he mentioned to his team, he said, we're going to build a referral business and other communications like that. The first referral they got was from the receptionist because his roommate's parents <laughs> were the perfect referral for that bank. And this is how it happens. Everybody knows somebody. But, it, you know, you and I both know the culture change doesn't happen overnight. And so my recommendation is we start with the sales team and then we start with messaging. And part of the work that we do with clients is to make the connections with other people in your company because you don't know how they know who they know. And it's, um, it's essential that we really connect with other people in our company. And if we are a distributed sales force, we need to make those connections as well. You know, somebody defined culture for me a, a while ago as what happens when no one's looking. And I love that definition. 
and it, it doesn't happen overnight and it takes commitment. It takes clear messaging, but it also takes results. Building a culture, it starts with this. You have to have the message. You said that we're going to build a referral business. The executive says it and you go tell people about it. The messaging matters so much. If you're you know, an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you're a CEO and executive listening to this, Joanne is so right. It's you if they start with you and every day you're talking about it, every day you're talking about it, every day you're talking about it. And if you do, the receptionist gets a clue, the janitor gets a clue, everybody gets a clue. Now, tell us what happens when you start getting results. What if you ask 20 people, it could be clients, it could be vendors, it could be people, you know, 20 people for referrals. I want to do a really conservative example. So you ask 20 people and 10 of them say, Jeb, you know, I'd really like to help you, but I can't think of anybody right now, right? You'll have something to do with those 10, but for now, put those aside. But 10 people introduce you to the person you want to meet. It's a minimum 50% conversion. That means you'll get five new clients. And to most companies, when they're dealing with account executives, that is huge. Would they like to get five new clients? Every AE, of course. And five clients that they want to meet, not just any five. So you're looking then at qualified, quality people in the pipeline. That's how the math works. Those are the results we get. Love it. What a great way to end this interview. Uh, Joanne, thank you so much for joining us on Sales Masters. Before we go, please tell my audience about your books and about how they can find you and get more information about what you do on referrals. I'm going to start with my phone number because I love to talk to people. <laughs> uh, so I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's area code 415-461-8763. 415-461-8763. My website is no more cold calling. Dot com. My email is joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E, at nomorecoldcalling.com. My book is nomorecoldcalling.com. It's on Amazon. And I'd love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn and tell me the reason that you'd like to connect, which is you heard this podcast with Jeb and with me. And let's start a conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Joanne. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate you getting into the meat of this because I think we've left people with some really good actionable strategies for building a, a deeper, more consistent stream of referrals. And in some cases, replacing all of their outbound prospecting altogether with a referral-based business. Thank you again for joining us. Now, don't forget to go check out my friends at Paycom. If you're looking for a job or even thinking about looking for a job, it pays to go check out all of the opportunities at Paycom. Just go to paycom.salesgravy.com. That's paycom.salesgravy.com.